Look around. It doesn't take long to recognize the brokenness surrounding us. Division. Hatred. Fear. Uncertainty. The pain we're witnessing is real. And the need for a savior is undeniable. It's this need which broke the heart of God and moved him to do the unimaginable. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son to change our eternity, to be the perfect sacrifice for us. Love on a cross, dying once for all, laid to rest in the darkness of a tomb. Today, as we face so many unknowns, may we remember the simple truth of Easter. The stone's been rolled away. The grave is empty. Jesus is alive. And love has risen. Love has risen indeed. Amen and amen. Hmm. Jesus being alive, I don't know if you know this yet, but Jesus is alive. Did everybody know that? Everybody? We're on the same page? Okay. Jesus is alive! Woo! Woo! Hallelujah, praise God, amen. And that fact of history, not just <clears throat> a story, a nice story. To I just saw bunny ears on Alex. That is the most adorable thing. <laughs> Send me a picture, please, of that. <laughs> Jesus being alive, that fact, not a fairy tale, not a myth, not a maybe sort of, kind of, uh, some people believe this, the exact truth of history. Jesus was real. And he really died, and he really rose, and he really paid for our sins. And we can really trust and believe and follow him, and he really changes our lives. We don't just say these things to make us feel good about ourselves. We say these things because they are true. And I hope you know Jesus. And I hope your life and your eternity has been changed by Jesus. But you know, some people, they think, I have to clean my life up. In order to come to Jesus. I've had uh, a co-worker when I used to work at Sears in Bible College down in Georgia. And he said, Dan, I've got to get all my ducks in a row. I've got to clean my life up. I've got to sort things out. I've got to work towards perfection. Basically so I can sort of earn my own salvation. So I can earn my way towards eternal life is what he, I was getting from that statement. He had to become perfect in itself. But... Number one, we can't do that. We could never earn or deserve salvation because we can never be sinless without Jesus. And number two, if you could do that, you wouldn't need Jesus. There would be no need for a Savior because you could just earn your way up there. So I don't want you to think you have to clean your life up before you come to Him because the truth is we all got issues. We all got problems. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you got some problems. And turn to your neighbor on the other side and say, you got problems. And if you want, no, maybe, I, wasn't, I won't go that far. 
Don't tell them that you're the problem, that they're the problem in your life. Don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. Don't el- we'll leave the elbows out of here. We all got problems. That's the truth. We all got issues. We all got struggles. We all got hardships. We all have difficulties and pain and sickness and suffering and temptation that is hard for all of us. And without Jesus, we are all far from Him. Without Jesus, we are all a hot mess. Without Jesus, I know I am. And I know you are too. That's why we need Him. And so we could never, ever, ever, ever clean up our life enough to earn or deserve salvation by ourselves to have eternal life. That's why if you're taking notes, you have your bulletin, I just want to share a couple things with you this morning. I hope they encourage you. I hope they challenge you. You can write this down. The good shepherd laid down his life. This is how we're saved. By the good shepherd who laid down his life. This was Jesus. Uh, You may have been thinking about it this week during Holy Week and Good Friday when Jesus died. Friday he died. But Sunday's coming. And today we celebrate the fact that Jesus God raised Jesus from the tomb, and he is our good shepherd. Turn with me to John chapter 10. If you want to open your Bibles or your Bible apps, just keep your finger or bookmark or whatever in John chapter 10. We're going to be in here today. John chapter 10, I want to share with you about the good shepherd. This is, Jesus has a lot of names, uh, and this is one name that we're going to focus on today. Really get this picture in our minds about Jesus being the good shepherd. John chapter 10. When you get there, say, Amen! Okay, well, I, we, some people are still turning their pages. I haven't heard amens over here. Very, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> amen. Okay. All right, John chapter 10, look at verse 11. This is our good... Yes, I have issues. Yes, that's why I need Jesus. We all do. John chapter 10. I'm so glad y'all are here today, by the way. Especially you, Alex. Look at this guy over here. I can't get enough of him. Oh, face. Okay, John chapter 10. And everybody else too, you're wonderful. But Alex, look at this. I can't. I love you, but Alex. All right. I don't have little babies anymore, so I got to live through other people's babies. All right. Hey, buddy. Okay, John chapter 10. Maybe we'll adopt someday. I got to talk with Rachel. All right. John chapter 10. I'm getting off track. Uh, verse 11. Jesus says, some of your uh, Bibles, this is red letters. This is Jesus talk. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to, and also to take it up again, for this is what my Father has commanded. So John's talking about the difference here between uh, a good shepherd and a hired hand. 
A good shepherd and a hired hand, you could also say maybe employee. We could say maybe minimum wage worker, a hired hand here. And there's a big difference in attitude and perspective between the owner of a company and a minimum wage worker in the company, right? There's a big difference in the attitude perspective. Now, some workers, they have great attitudes. I'm not saying they don't. But too often it seems, well, let's just say the owner has more at stake in the company succeeding. They have put a lot of money and a lot of effort and a lot of time and that uh, the worker may just be you know, wanting to work for a little bit whether they're in college or you know, they're, they're just not as invested as the owner. Uh, the person who works a nine to five is not going to be, is not going to have as much love or sacrifice for that company as the person who gave up millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands and years of their life to make this thing work, are they? A worker, too often some of you who are bosses, Kate knows, some workers, they tend to show up late or not show up at all or make excuses or not telling you that they quit or they might, uh, a couple things might disappear into their pockets before they leave. They might steal some things. This happens too often. Not everybody, but it does happen. They might uh, slack off. They might not care too much about the customer experience or not as much as the owner does who wants to get those good reviews so their business can go up and profit. But the owner, <clears throat> we know the owner will do whatever it takes. They will go far, far, far above and beyond to help the business succeed. It's the same with renting and owning a home. Do people treat their homes different when they rent them than when they own them? Do they say, hey, you know what? This wall's nice. I think I'm going to put a hole in it. <clears throat> they would never do that in the home that they, rent, that they own. That's the rental home. They just kind of, it's carefree. I don't have to fix it. I'm not paying for it. Not that big a deal. How about somebody who, uh, the difference between renting and owning a car? Anybody ever rent a car? Yeah? Was it a little nicer than your car? Did you want to drive it a little faster than your car and see what kind of pickup you could do? I have. I've rented some sporty cars and I drive a minivan right now. A couple, oh, we have two minivans. And I'm like, ooh, this is it. You know, you're running around driving and taking those turns and it feels good. And you toss the food. In the back, and you know, you're like, whatever, wrappers over here. My kids do that anyway. But there's a difference between owning a car and renting a car, a difference in investment. And likewise, John makes the point, and I'll make a, a visual point here. You know, I got to. John makes the point that Jesus, as the good shepherd, he has a whole lot more invested in his sheep than just a hired hand. Visual aid. Okay. How's that? I look pretty. I like this shirt at Agave and Riot. It says, tell me I'm pretty and give me tacos. Give me tacos and tell me I'm pretty. You can do that. Uh, this is a little sheep that my grandma, Lila Kirkpatrick Giles, made. My mom's mom. My mom's back there. Hey, mommy. I'm doing grandma proud here. She made this little sheep. Right? So Jesus is a good shepherd. And he is not a hired hand. You know what a hired hand does? A hired hand does not... There he is. Is that Alex? That's a sheep. Yeah, that's awesome. I should have him come up here and do this. A hired hand, you know, works the nine to five and then they're done. And they're not thinking about it. A hired hand, a hired shepherd, what do they do? They, 
they don't have as much care and concern for the sheep. Do you think a hired hand, somebody who's just there to make a buck, somebody who's just there to get a paycheck, do you think a hired hand would lay down their life for the sheep? Or would they run when the wolves and the danger comes? Because they like getting the paycheck. Anybody like getting a paycheck? Yeah. Would you die for your boss? Or if somebody tried to rob your business, would you say, here's the money drawer, I'm leaving? <laughs> would you jump in front of a car if somebody tried to, I don't know, drive into your building, your Arby's, and to protect the, your boss? I don't know. Hopefully the boss would run away too and <laughs> dive out of the, the place of the car. A hired hand does not care as much as the good shepherd who's just there to make a paycheck and uh, they might leave their sheep stranded. No problem. They're not that invested. But Jesus is the good shepherd, the one who lays down his life for the sheep. He loves them that much. Did you know Jesus has that much love for you and me that he doesn't just say, you guys are okay. Uh, hope you uh, can earn your salvation for yourself and hope it works out. Uh, you got to be perfect. You know, I'm going to go over here and do my Jesus thing and not really be in your life. No, Jesus walks alongside us. He leads us. He guides us, right? On paths of righteousness. He saves us. He sacrifices his life for us. We're the sheep. Sometimes sheep are stupid animals, right? I think a lot of the time. Sometimes we're, we don't make the best choices and the wisest decision. <laughs> Cheers, Katie. Amen. Yes. We all been there. But Jesus... He, is, uh, he doesn't run when the wolves come. He steps in front of danger. Jesus gets between our spiritual enemy and us. Jesus gets between the wolf and us to protect us. He is the good shepherd who lays down his life in our place for our sins. He is not the hired hand who doesn't really care what happens to us. That's Jesus. That's our Savior. He loves us that much, even though we are, can I say stupid in church? Can I say the S word, stupid, in church? Even though, mom's looking at me very sternly. She doesn't like that word. <laughs> even though a lot of times we just make the dumbest decisions and why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I treat that person that way? Oh, I shouldn't, I know before the words even came out of my mouth, I shouldn't have even said that. I regret that decision, that action. And yet Jesus says, look, I know you're a hot mess. I know you're far from perfect. I know that on your own, you're going to wander off. The wolves are going to attack. You might wander off a cliff. But Jesus says, I'm here for you. I love you. I will put myself in the place of danger. And if it cost me my life, and it did, to save his sheep, that's us from the wolves. I want to read to you. This is in your notes. Uh, you can look this up later. I'll put this up here. Jim, you can give me the hook when it's about time. <laughs> Jason, don't help him out. Oh. <laughs> it's in your notes. Romans chapter 3. This is how good our good shepherd is. I want to read to you about the great exchange. Romans 3.21. It's in your notes. I encourage you to read it this week. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him. 
without keeping the requirements of the law, because we never could, as was promised uh, in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right with God. How? By placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. No matter who we are, I like to say, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, Jesus saves us, dies in our place. The good shepherd sacrifices his life. Verse 23, for everyone has sinned. If you think, oh, I'm better than that other person over there. I'm going to judge that other person over there. I'm high and mighty and they got junk in their life and I don't have as much junk. Just know that if you have a little bit of baggage or a lot of bit of baggage, we all fall far short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter how much of a, if you're a hot, hot mess, like lava hot, if you're a mildly hot mess, we all need Jesus. We have all sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standards. Verse 24, yet God, even though we're so far from Him, even though we have sinned against Him, even though we are at enmity with Him, enemies, yet God with undeserved, undeserved kindness declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Praise God. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sins. People are made right with God. How? Do you want to be made right with God? Are you separated from him this morning? People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in past times. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did, did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. That's what it's all about. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? I did it all by myself. I'm a good little boy. I earned salvation. No! Because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. 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 Don't mean to confuse you. Faith over there. Two-year-old. <laughs> faith. And not by obeying the law. Faith. What a miraculous and amazing truth that the scriptures declare to us this morning. We're all separated from God. I met with Jeffrey this week. He's back in Jane George. I met with Jeffrey at Dairy Queen and he got his chocolate and M&M Blizzard, which is apparently his go-to. If you ever take Jeffrey out, chocolate and M&M Blizzard at Dairy Queen. That's all he likes to get. And I drew on a napkin. And you may have seen this before. I probably should have showed a picture, but I don't have it. Where there's like a cliff on this side and a cliff over here. And here's man and here's God. And there's a big chasm in the middle. And we're all separated from God. Like I said, it doesn't matter you know, if you've got a lot of sin in your life or a little bit, quote unquote. If a person jumps this far or a person jumps this far, guess what? They're still far from God. It don't matter. They're still separated from the Savior, uh, from God. But Jesus, the cross, bridges that gap. He bridges the divide so that we can walk across that chasm and be made back in the right relationship with God. That's what the good shepherd does who lays down his life. Jesus, he takes on our death and our punishment for sin and he in turn gives us life. It's the best deal. Some of you, anybody like good deals? Debbie, 
You like to go to a flea market? You like to get good deals? She goes to the Amish country for the food and the deals. Not to see the Amish people, but just for the food and the deals. I know. I know. But that's the best deal in the history of deals. Is that you give Jesus your death. Your sin. And in exchange, He gives you life and life to abundant life that starts now and goes on forever. That's like (laughs) one-sided. That's all one-sided. Because Jesus loves us that much that He wants us to come back to God. And not to be separated from Him. So do you hear His voice? Are you, are you Jesus' sheep? Are you counted in the number of Jesus' sheep? Are you listening to His voice? Are you following Him today? Do you know Him? If not, then today is the day of your salvation. And you can surrender anybody, no matter who you are, what you've done, can surrender their lives to Jesus today Be made right with God. Be brought back into right relationship with God even though you and I were separated by our sin. God and Jesus bring us back because of the sacrifice that our good shepherd has done. Surrendering on the cross to give us salvation and the promise of eternal life. But here's... I want to share one last thing with you. When we do follow God and Jesus, and I hope and pray that you do, I've talked with people in the past and I say, why do you want to get baptized? And one person told me because they wanted the bad things in their life to go away. And I appreciate that sentiment. But when we get baptized, when we come to Jesus, I think we all kind of understand that life is still hard. And your boss is still... You fill in the blank. I'm not. Maybe you don't want to fill in the blank right now in church. Shout it out, but... Your boss is still that. And your spouse sometimes treats you this way. And your neighbors and your family and your friends. And the sickness and the suffering is overwhelming at times. When you go down into the waters and come back up, showing that you're a new creation in Christ, you're dying to your old self and becoming new, life still hurts. But, but... Your good shepherd is there alongside you. Is with you in your hurts, in your pain, in your sickness, in your suffering. You now have an advocate who's pleading on your behalf before God. You now have somebody walking alongside you. God empowering you with His Spirit to be who, you call, he, who He called you to be. Life doesn't get perfect instantly like that. But Jesus makes all the difference for now and eternity. And if you... Uh, I want to write this last thought down. As we follow Him, we do have to watch out for the wolves who want to destroy. Jesus is our good shepherd who laid down His life, but there are still wolves. There is still bad stuff that happens in this life. I just need you to know. There are still bad things happening. Let's finish this John chapter 10. Um, We talked about this morning that Jeffrey's a baby. Maybe don't repeat that too harshly to him. But when we get baptized, we're, it's like a rebirth. It's like we're a baby again, spiritually. And it's just the beginning. So let's read about um, this beginning that Jesus gives us through him. Uh, go back to John chapter 10, verse 1. 
I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. That's Jesus. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name. Dan, Debbie, Joe. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. Do you know his voice? They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration, they didn't understand what he meant again. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and find good pasture. But verse 10, the thief's purpose to keep these sheep out is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. I just want to repeat verse 10 again. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose, Jesus says, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I'll tell you what. If you don't think we have a spiritual enemy, we have a spiritual enemy. We could call him, we could call him the great wolf. Ah, right? My kids will be excited to have another Halloween Decoration they can wear. Our spiritual enemy wants to steal and kill and destroy everything that you hold dear in your life. He wants to hurt you where it hurts. He wants to damage you and destroy and create chaos and destruction in all the ways that you hold near and dear to your heart. Sickness and sorrow and suffering. He wants to wreak havoc. That's his mission And we've got to stay vigilant. We have to stay firm. Stand firm in the faith. Keeping our eyes open. Watching out for wolves that will seek to devour us in this life. Now you can take me seriously again. Okay. I'll just name a few wolves. You can maybe uh, test your own life and see which one for you. There's a long list. But maybe it's the wolf of sin. That's a big one. Tempting you to get off the path of following God's best ways of living in your life. What sins, you don't have to shout them out. What sins are you most tempted with in your life that cause you to go astray, hurt other people, hurt yourself, hurt your relationship with God? What about the sin of busyness? Or, or, well, sorry, the wolf of busyness. In our world, we talked about just more distracted than it's, than it's ever been. And, and our minds are just, squirrel, 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 you know, everywhere, ADD world. Is the wolf of busyness? I don't know if anybody watched that Good Samaritan video I sent out on the church email last week, but they had this experiment we talked about. We read uh, Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan last week. And these Bible college students were going to teach a preach on the Good Samaritan story. And as they were walking across campus, they had planted uh, a person in need on the ground. Oh, 
you know, kind of in pain. And, you know, less than 20% of the Bible college seminary students stopped to help him as they're getting ready to teach on the Good Samaritan story. They're in a hurry to get over, to go preach and teach on the Good Samaritan as they walk past a man in need. But that's us a lot of times. The wolf of busyness just creeps into our life. And we're like, oh, you know, I should help. I want to love my city. But, you know, I got so much going on. I got places to go and people to see and things to do. The wolf of busyness. How about the wolf of apathy? The wolf of apathy. Nah, I don't really care. Jesus is all right. You know, if you want to believe and follow, that's fine. You know, me, I, he's cool. I'm okay with him. But, you know, um, I don't really want to feel like doing much. For God's kingdom. I, I got my own life going on that I, I want to do things um, to make my accomplishments. But I know Jesus says to do these things and follow these commands. And this is his call. But somebody else can do that. And apathy creeps in. And we, and we don't... The wolf of apathy. To help us destroy our lives by not caring. Really. The wolf of busyness. wolf of apathy. The wolf of hurry. Wolf of hurry. How about the wolf of distraction? We talked. <laughs> the wolf of technical difficulties creeps in, destroys microphones, hurts lives and preachers. What wolf in your life is. My word. What wolf in your life is destructive to you? How about the wolf? We, t- we went last year. If you want to check out our podcast, there's a plug for the Troy V. Church podcast. Uh, shelfless, what do they call it? Shameless promotion? Yeah. Uh, last year, we talked about overcoming things and overcoming a lot of difficulties in our lives. But you could probably exchange the word wolf in their place. The wolf of loneliness, the wolf of isolation, the wolf of anxiety, the wolf of depression and despair, the wolf um, of greed and lust and envy and laziness and on and on and on. These are things that our spiritual enemy uses to attack, to kill and destroy everything. If he can keep you Away from Jesus. That's, that's what our spiritual enemy wants. That's what he wants. And the biggest wolves that Jesus destroys are Satan. Uh, there's a passage in your notes, Revelation 20. You can see how that goes later. Our spiritual enemy. The wolf of sin, we know. Jesus destroys the wolf of sin by being in our place, the good shepherd, for our sins. And the wolf of... Judgment. Judgment for our sins. He meets the, the righteous uh, demands of God. Uh, there is a punishment for sin. There is a penalty for sin. Either we pay that penalty or Jesus pays it in our place. And that's the, the cold hard truth. But the truth that people need to know. And Jesus destroys the wolf of judgment by going up on the cross and taking our place for our sins. How does he do that? With his resurrection power. Because Jesus is 
alive. Ah, Jesus is alive and that changes everything. The grave could not hold him. Death could not stop him. Satan could not hinder him. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. And our Savior lives. Amen? Amen. Our Savior lives and our Savior is our good shepherd. Let him lead you. Let him guide you in your life. Give your life to the good shepherd, but not just, okay, in my mind, I believe Jesus. Theologically, mentally, I believe that you are true. But like with our heart, with our life, will I follow, will I surrender every part of me, everything that I am to my good shepherd, to my savior, to follow, even when it's hard, even when it's uncomfortable, will I seek to love him and serve him? And love my city, love the people around me, like we've been talking about for the past five weeks. Jesus loves us more than I can compute, <laughs> more, can, more, more than I can fathom. He lays down his life for us. There is no greater love than that. Do you know that love? Do you know that, Good Shepherd? Are you free? Are you free from your sin and death and judgment to come by giving your life to Jesus. I hope and pray that you are. I don't know what sufferings or difficulties you're dealing with today. I know everybody's got a lot on their plate. I know we all have something that we're going through, some more than others. But Jesus can be with you in that sorrow, in that suffering giving you abundant life that starts today and goes on forever. Because He's that good. He's that good. He gives us hope and joy and peace and love that transcends all the circumstances in our lives. We don't just have peace when there's no war. We don't just have hope when nothing bad is happening, we don't just have joy when our boss or, or spouse isn't mean to us. We can have hope and joy and love and peace no matter what is happening. I don't know about you, but I need some of that hope and joy and love and peace in my life that transcends all my circumstances because life is hard, but God is good. And our good shepherd is that amazing. That he would lay down his life for us, his sheep. And through his power, destroy those wolves in our lives that keep attacking us. So we're going to sing one last song. And I, and I hope you don't just leave here encouraged. I hope you do leave here encouraged. But I want you to leave here challenged. Challenged. If you haven't given your life to Jesus today, make today the day. Hey, we got room in the baptismal if you want to get baptized today. Can I do it again? <laughs> Nancy wants to do it again. I'm sure we can find a pair of shorts or something in the lost and found that you can wear, Nancy, or whoever. <laughs> Another shirt. We, we've had people leave underwear before. That's neither here nor there. Uh, I don't ask how things end up in the lost and found. I just donate them to Goodwill. But... I want us to leave encouraged and challenged. 
to go out and be the church. It may have been your granddaughter, Karen. It may have been your granddaughter. <laughs> or Jana. I don't know. It was a girl. It was a pink one. Anyway. Hallie? Hallie? Okay. We need Jesus, Hallie. Here we go. I hope you're challenged to follow God and Jesus all the days of your life. As you leave this building, don't just say, hey, that was a nice Easter service. Oh, and the sign language, that was so cute. And the poem and the songs. And Okay, great. What's next? You know, Monday, work. And got Christmas coming up. And we got to go get the Easter dinner. And Dan just keeps talking. And it doesn't stop. And when's it going to stop? And we got to go to Cousins. Let's go be the church. Let's go be the church. Jesus changes us. Our good shepherd changes our lives. But not just for us. We don't want to hoard all his love. We've got to share it and love our city and help those in need and be who God has called us to be, doing what he's called us to do. It's not all about us. In that passage in John, you can look back, it says, Jesus says, there's other sheep. There's other sheep who need to know me. It's not over. The mission is not over. It's not I'm baptized and I'm done. It's, and now we've got work to do. Right, Chris? And now we've got work to do. She loves that part when Jesus ascends and tells the, dis- the disciples, say to each other, there's work to do. There's work to do to help other people know the good shepherd, that other people may be saved and have abundant life that starts today and goes on forever. That's why we do what we do. That's why we celebrate. Our Savior is risen. But that's not the end of the story. He wants to work through you and you and you and me to accomplish His work on this world until He comes back. So that the pastor, the eternal pastor, can just be full of all these people, all these sheep that we've led to Him by His power. Jesus is alive and He changes everything. But He doesn't just change us for our sake. It's for the sake of other people. We must never forget that fact. So that they too can know the good shepherd and have eternal life in the pastor, the eternal pastor, and the age. You know what I'm saying. Let's stand up and sing to God, Jesus.
Bow your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, You are truly awesome, majestic, worthy of all our praise. Thank You, God, from the bottom of our hearts for the gift of Your Savior Jesus who died in our place for our sins, took on our death to give us life. There is no greater truth, there is no greater joy, there is no greater hope in this world or the next. I pray that as we leave this building and be your church in the world, that we would help other people to know how awesome and powerful and mighty our God and Savior are so that they too can know you and have abundant life that starts today and goes on forever. Without you, God and Jesus, we have no hope, no joy, no love, no peace. But with you, we have everything. And we are eternally thankful for your Son, Jesus, and His sacrifice and resurrection. Troy View Church, on this Resurrection Sunday, we thank God most of all for who? Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.